Welcome to the Desert Street Podcast, the podcast helping you develop forex trading skills for more freedom. I'm your host, Etienne Kret. Let's get started right away. I'm sitting out today with Alejandro. We'll talk about kind of algo trading, a little bit of what we've done in the past. So yeah, so algo trading, how we did it, kind of like a bit of story about it. People ask all the time about like how we've been able to build algos from scratch. Uh, what's the process? What are things you think about? And our goal with this is to be able to kind of shorten your learning curve. So if you're watching this now and you're starting out with algos, we want you to be faster. We want you to like not waste like 10 years or even just like two years trying to go back and forth with trial and error. So we want you to be able to do it and get some results. And the more results you get, the more I'm happy, the more I am always happy to, and the better we feel. So that, that's the goal. So what's up, Alejandro? How are you? Hi, Etienne. Uh, good, good. And you? Pretty good. A little bit tired. I got here like last night from uh, Bangkok. So I'm in Montreal now. So not the best feeling, but it's so fun. So we'll still deal with that for sure. And the first thing I want to talk about is basically the beginning. So why did we need an algo first? And where did that start, the need for an algo? So as you guys know, for like a long time, I've had a podcast where I've been talking to traders every week. And I've had some traders that are manual, some traders that are trading with algos, people that have different styles. And I never really thought about algos for myself. I thought, well, these people use algos. It's fine. They can use them if they want. But I don't really want to use them. I don't really need to use algos. And it's quite boring to use algos. So for the longest time, I said, like, oh, this, this is fine. Algos are fine. But I'm not going to use them. And then I came to a point where I began to travel. I began to go to different countries. And I began to be kind of less available to trade. Okay, My goal was always trade to get more freedom. So I'm not going to be there to trade all day. and. I spend all my time on the chart. I don't want that. So I need to be able to do things on the side and have fun and do things that I love. So I began to travel and then I started to see that, well, it's good that you can travel, you can like look at the chart and place trades, but it comes with different challenges. One of them is the fact that you have to kind of be there to place trades. And if you're going to be on a plane, which happens a lot when you travel, or on a boat or anywhere without Wi-Fi, and without like your, your laptop or anything, then it's really hard to place trades. Or it's also hard to, even if you can't place trades, it's hard to be there and kind of like be top notch if you have only your smartphone or something on the side with you to, to place trades. So that's the thing. Now, I kind of spoke with a few people about this and that's where I kind of heard about the principle of getting alerts for your trades. And that's where I began. So I said, well, I could get alerts for my trade. First thing I did is I, I went on TradingView. TradingView, as you know, has a, a feature to get alerts for different indicators, different different tools, different levels, which is pretty, pretty good. Okay, You can place alerts for almost whatever you want. And I started with that. I said, well, I'll get alerts. But I didn't really like the way alerts were working out. Like For me, alerts were, like, they happen, but you will get them by email, which I hate, or you will get them like on your platform online. But if you're not logged in, then that kind of fucks everything. So it worked for some time, but not really well. Then I said, well, we need to find a way to get better alerts and be able to like on the go when you're there, when you don't have your, your computer, whatever your chart, be able to, to know if a trade is good or not. That works with, of course, like just some filtering to do before you got to prepare for your week, but you got to be able to receive alerts on your phone. And we came up with a script. So I had this idea from someone in Germany to create a script for alert that will send the alerts on Telegram. And that you will get the chart, you'll get the alert, for the trade and everything. 
and then you could decide whether to trade or not. Okay, so that was the, kind of the, the second or third step in the process. So we've been able to code this. I was with uh, partnering with Alejandro to code this. He offered to help a lot, which was awesome. But that's kind of where it started out. So we started with alerts, and then we made this alert. We said, uh, well, we can make this available for more people, because like people search this instead of that I trade sometimes. We want to make this kind of a little more broad and public. And that's where uh, things kind of happen after. And then later on, we'll talk about this a little bit later, but we moved to algos later. And this was like a first first like alert system to be able to be notified of trades. But then the next step is like, how do you want to place trades? And how do you want to make this profitable? And, and then kind of, like, kind of like back test, make sure things are profitable and working. So we'll talk about this later, but I kind of want to, and that's the second one we have. So I want to kind of share how we got together, how we met and how we've been able to work together. Yeah, so, well, as you mentioned, you had that idea, and we were doing some blogs at that time. I think just after you finish uh, your conversation with the guy in Germany, uh, like two weeks later, you were doing a blog about <laughs> how you were testing that and how you had some points that you needed to address, right? You learned, like, some points to further develop for that. So it's pretty interesting to see, like, the evolution of, okay, I'm trading this manually, I know it works, but... Well, in your case, I am traveling and I don't have enough time. So let's try to make a way in which I know when I have to check the charts so that it works. And then you got into that point and I, I think I just reached out to you because I was part of the academy already at that point. I just sent you an email, I think, uh, directly from the academy and told yeah. you I was playing or uh, testing uh, algos and I have these parts that you don't have yet and you want to implement and the other part looks really cool. So let's just yeah. uh, try to make something together with what we both know and we both have. And let's make something that works. And I think we spent uh, like one month just getting the, the main things developed. And then like two or three more months uh, testing the things and ironing out small details just for the, like for the first version, like the alerts, the first alerts and notifications, which you started using for you're trading uh, every single day and you stop using your standard. I think that was pretty quick, the, the process, right? I think it was like two months, something like that. Once we finished yeah, a thing and yeah. we started testing it, you just kept running the alerts, uh, well, the, the EA for the alerts in your, in your PC home, I think it was in your home at your, uh, in your PC at your home. And then you just kept doing that and were trading with that exclusively from that point. So it was pretty, pretty interesting how we got together in a collaboration, just collaborating together. And then we were like, this is pretty good. So we need to, we need to get this out to some other people because we are not going to be the only ones who get value from this. Let's, let's make this to, to extend the value to some other people so that they can also enjoy the same benefits uh, of having that, that freedom, basically, because instead of having to do like charts every single hour, you just wait for the alert and when the alert comes then you, you check what what you need to do yeah exactly and i remember the, the part of thing where you helped me out with was like uh, and i always tried to me a few months uh, a few months after i started to code the alert thing and then the part i was missing was basically being able to risk a fixed percent of the account per trade and i didn't know how to do that by code so i had no idea to do that and then i tried it didn't work and i did a video on that i was pissed off it didn't work and then you shot to me says well i can help if you want i can help you out with that part and then we just kind of move from there and start to work together. And I think it's been awesome. Like if you want to be able to, to get results faster or if you want to get more results, I would say, then work with other people. If you want to do it yourself, it's fine and get, you'll get results, but you won't get as big of results if you team up with other people to do the work and to kind of collaborate. 
Okay, so that's pretty important. Now, the thing we've built with all of this is, and if you have any, any questions, make sure you comment below in the chat. We'll answer them soon. But the thing we've built with, with all this, as we said, is like, first of all, an, an alert system. And that was pretty helpful to be able to get alerts from your, for your trades. I would basically, when I would travel, I would buy a SIM card in every country. And then we have my SIM card on my phone with the internet and, and data. Then we get the alerts on my, on my phone. Anytime there will be a trade. So that was fun. Then I could just like take the data and the alert. And maybe I'll show you guys an alert if I can find one. But I would take the data yeah. and the alert. Uh, and if you want, I can share, I can share my, my screen with the television. Yeah, I can share the screen, but it's not the same. <laughs> it's not the same, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, so here's a, like an example of that alert. Okay, it's not very clear, but the real one on the cell phone's better than the one. On, so yeah. So I would basically kind of have this. Oh, perfect. So yeah, I'm this on my phone. So I can see properly. Yeah, it's perfect. So I'll get this on my phone, I'll take the trade, and then I'll have like all the parameters to be able to enter trades, like the, the, the pair time frame, the stop loss equipment and everything. Okay. So that was really helpful. That was like awesome. And then that helped us some time. But then I said, well, basically now we have the script and I think I know help me out to see this too, but that about, well, basically now we have a script that gives alert. But what if we just like change that line of code to be able to take trades and enter trades with the script? Well, it's not like that. It's like only one line different, right? Or a few lines different. And uh, then the well, script is completely skipped, something different. <laughs> actually, it's much more than that, just one line. I had to rewrite the script. Okay. I didn't rewrite <laughs> the logic, but I had to rewrite the thing. I remember that it was actually because it wanted to backtest uh, some things yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, in yeah. the script. So for the backtest, I had to create a version in which it could take trades just for the backtest and then we're like, let's let's try this with our own accounts and see how it <laughs> how it performs. Exactly. Not just yeah. backtesting, but actually trading the things. Yeah. So this was good, like quite very good, but we had some issues of course along the way. One of which the first one I remember for myself was the fact that I will have the algo running on my computer here at home in this room. There's like a big computer with like windows and everything. I was running all the time twenty four seven. And then there will come a point where the 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 either like MD4 would crash, either the computer would shut down because of like a electricity shortage or something, or like, I don't know what, like, some, like someone would like hit the, the plug and then it would, it would like disconnect or something. And so that happens a lot. And so much of that, I would kind of like be able to kind of take trades in the beginning of the week and then miss trade at the end of the week, or I would not preview my, my chart or my computer. And then it would be shut off for like two weeks. <laughs> I didn't have any clue. And that's where, um, yeah, so, that's why I, I always said, well, you got to have a VPS. And I said, I don't, I don't need a VPS on my chart here that take everything fine. Then I ended up getting a VPS later on, be able to uh, have this running all the time, not in my home, but in a different place, and which is much more stable. So that's when I would solve it. So what other issue did we have with uh, the script? Or, yeah, I think uh, yeah, like the, so many, the first so. issue was basically a proper computer to place it because like it, I had my laptop, so it was really re annoying to have to have, you know, MT4 and that all open and to remember that I didn't have to turn off the laptop because I will do all the things and all the settings. Yeah. So it was pretty annoying at that point. Then I tried uh, Amazon, the free Amazon Web Services tier, and it was total crap because it's like super, super slow and super bad. So it didn't really work. I got the alerts like three minutes later instead of in the hour. So it was totally bad. So then I started to check other providers and we went to the one we are using both now and that is why i told you like uh like this solved my problem i don't know if you have had problems or not and i think that wasn't the point in which actually realized the problem that you had with your pc right yeah 
No, now when I look back, it was like just really dumb to you to yeah. or to, to not have anything to run online. Yeah, I think you you spent like almost one week without even knowing that you didn't have your VPS, not sorry, your your computer running. Yeah, all. one week I was like really really busy. I didn't check the chart. I just assumed they were working fine. And I look at my chart and like uh, trading view, and they didn't change. So I was like, oh, it's fine. Then I my computer was like shut off because of a electricity shortage or something weird. So yeah. Yeah. That, that was a trigger point in which you're like, yeah, we need to try something. Yeah, yeah exactly. Something and that, that, was, that was a good trading week too. That was like a week where I would have made, I would have made like a lot of profit. So, yeah. Yeah, so and that was like the first issue we had. And then I had another, like when we were testing, when we started testing the auto trading version, probably at the beginning of the year, which we were testing still. Uh, we're still testing some things because we make changes, but we were testing. And I think I had something wrong in the code that, for accounts because I was using only US dollar accounts. And then I put it in my Hong Kong dollar account. And then I put it in a Hong Kong dollar account and it took a position size that was like 10 times larger than what it should have been because the code had been made just for US dollars and for some reason I didn't think of the other part. Uh, so that was like, okay, that is really stupid. So I think I lost my evaluation program with the five percenters because of that error because I was copying between the accounts and that. So I violated the, the maximum risk rule in that part. So I'd lost that evaluation because of that. So I had that error. And from then on, I have always been testing like with really small accounts first, just to check that everything is going well. And then we go with the other part. Anything but other errors we had. We had a couple of times in which the system was not taking some trades it should have been taking. Because, well, when at first when we started, we just went with our own interpretations, like with my interpretation and your interpretation of each of the rules. So we didn't have like all the rules put in a list and have like mathematically saying, okay, we define an engulfing bar as this, this, and these conditions. We define a this and this and this condition, right? And, and that, so we started adding some of the filters uh, that you were already using in your own manual trading uh, as we went to the algo part, uh, because at first they were not fully in there. Now they are all in there. I think the other problem that you had, I think that was that you had that the algo was taking more than one trade yeah, yeah. together. The uh, collated or yeah, the, the same action accurate but the same pair. So we had the algo set up where it was taking like every trade on every time frame that you open. So if you had like let's see the forward chart open, it would maybe take also two two trades on the forward chart if they if the setup happened. And then later, if you have a trade on a forward chart and one on the one hour chart, it would take both, which on a risk perspective, doesn't really make sense. You gotta be able to kind of take less trades and only one trade per pair. Otherwise you're risking too much and you're risking double what you should be risking. There's no point doing that. So we yeah, go exactly. the way where basically all the time frames of a pair are considered as like one thing. So we cannot take more trades on, on the same pair or, same time, or a different time frame for the same pair. Yeah, exactly. And that was basically, one thing that you wanted for yourself, but I didn't want for me because my testing yeah. was made different. So yeah. we made it like, okay, like a different version now technically we're using just because of that small change. But yeah, it was important because at that point, we didn't do like a full back test for the 27 or how many pairs you trade, uh, like 20 or something like that at some point. Well, it, no, it's less than 20, right? The pairs you trade. Oh, that I pair, yeah. We didn't do like about 15, yeah. Yeah, 15. Like we didn't do a, a back test for all of the pairs because it takes a long time. So, like, we didn't know exactly all of the things. And I had them back tests, but it was like on a couple of pairs uh, because that's also another problem that I had. 
because you know my standard it's uh well I haven't traded the system as long as you have. You have been trading it for the past. Well, you developed your own system and you traded it. So, of course, you have much more confidence on trading that because you know how well it works because you've experienced mm -hmm. it firsthand for several years than me, right? That basically I was new to the system last year, to the volume of Universal. I was new to it last year. So I wanted to test everything. And then one of the problems I had was that I had to do the manual testing, the back testing, like putting the lines and that manually. And then later I develop inside the code. Basically what I do now is I modify the code and put zones there. So I can do a back testing much, much, much faster. And later on, we will want to show you, to show all you guys like some of the results without back tests or not the, the current state of how we have the things like the building band, the trading assistant and the, and the EA, because like those are some of the things that, okay, yes, now we have this and it works, but how do we test it reliably and many, many times instead of just one time, right? Making time effective. So yeah, that is another thing that we experienced. I really hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. And I wanted to take some time to answer a question that I get a lot. A lot of people ask me about backtesting, how to do it, what software I use, what tools that I recommend to use to backtest quickly. And backtesting is one of these things that if you do wrong, can take you a long time and set you back for many, many months of trial and error. Now, for the past several months, I've been using a tool for MetaTrader 4 called Soft4FX. It's a kind of backtesting plugin you can put on MT4 to backtest any currency pair in any time frame, and you can even have multiple time frames to run your backtest. This is now my recommended tool for backtesting because I believe it goes beyond all the tools available at this moment. So if you want to speed up your backtest, I recommend you grab this now. Now, if you want to see how we use that tool exactly and go through a tutorial we've made on YouTube, check out desiretotrade.com forward slash backtest, desiretotrade.com forward slash backtest to watch through the tutorial, and you'll be on your way to faster and better backtesting. Now, we'll get back to the interview. So before we move on, I just want to kind of cover this. So we did not really access all the pairs because we knew that the system was working well trading manually, so that was fine. It's the same thing I would trade now. So we didn't test everything, but we come with the, the, the view and perspective that we're going to kind of look at the result of the algo every month. At least I look at them every month. Then I say, well, what's profitable, what's not? Then I cut what's not profitable. And that's the way that you're going to be able to grow and to adjust over time. So even though the returns might be lower like now, well, we're, we're filtering out testing many ways. So eventually we'll come to a point where we are optimized with the result and the results are perfect. And we kind of took off all the things that were not profitable and are only left with the pairs that are really performing well. So that's kind of like the perspective I have with things. And exactly. that, goes with, that goes the same with like testing if like the trades are better when you consider middle band of the long span or not. Because we sometimes look at the middle band, sometimes not. I look at it. I think not look at it, I think. And so we yeah, can see like I, I can trade everything now and see, well, is it really profitable or not? All these trades that I tag to be and the middle band, do they work or not on average overall? And then we can even filter by pair and see this way. So that's something we do on a at least monthly basis for my part. Yeah, and I also would like uh, for people to, well, for you to tell people how was the transition of when you started testing the algo and until now. I think, uh, well, at the beginning of the year, you were running both together. I remember probably in February, you had some blogs in which you introduced everyone to the yeah, the, the, the beta algo you were testing uh, in your demo account and then a small live account. 
but I think yeah. now you are almost only trading with the algo, right? You are almost not taking any manual trades nowadays, right? No, so I don't take any manual trades now. So now it's all the algo, but I'm starting with like low capital, of course, to be able to kind of run things out properly. And when I feel like I'll, I'll have like all the things handled and, and fine, with, including with the reviews and everything around, then I'll be going with more capital. And I'll, I'm 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 increasing like every month the capital. So some issues is going to be get it's going to be there soon, but it's not exactly as big as before. Yeah, and also another part is that when you already have a strategy that works and you know it works manually, and you are building an algo fit, it's always good to run it simultaneously to time like at the same yeah. time at the beginning at least because that way oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. that is the way we found out some of the errors because Etienne was taking a trade and the algo didn't take a trade. Or and we were like, okay, what happened here? Or Etienne didn't take a trade because for him there was no valid setup, but Algo take a, took a trade there, and we were like, okay, doesn't make sense, but why it happened, right? So we had to we went into see exactly what was what triggered that, or if it was exactly yeah. an error or something like that. So that is important because that way you are going to find some of the of the nuances that happen, and then after that. Well, I went in the part of, okay, now it works pretty well for ATM, but we want to make this. Well, I think I have been asking you if we can release this to the public uh, for the auto trading version, like since March. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's been a long time, like but that. yeah, yeah. So I, I still I feel like not ready to publish it because like we have something to work on all the time. It was still bring it month by month now. And I feel like, yeah, I, I want to be able to master it myself first completely before I release anything to the public. Yeah. yeah, and I have been embarking on the part of, okay, let's find more filters or more things so that people have options, right? Because of not course. everyone is going to trade like a TN. I certainly don't trade the, I don't, I don't use the algo like a TN uses it, certainly. We use different settings, different timeframes, and different pairs in some cases. Uh, so I was like, okay, let's try to make something that more people can get value out. So with some of our students in the academy, we worked out some extra filters, like price action filtering for the holding a bunch of reversal uh, because we already have a support and resistance area filter, which is a semi-discretionary filter that we found a compromise there between, okay, we cannot fully automate this, but the human can do it really, really fast. We can let the human input that for the EA and let the robot do everything else. So there are some other filters that we, are, we have been working on so that people can actually like have different options and like you could, possibly have even better performance than me and Etienne uh, by testing it with a different pairs or different timeframes and different settings that yeah. what we do. And that is the, the whole idea. And every time it's more polished, but every time you add something, you know, like Windows updates, every time they add something new, something they break something else. So we have to make sure that that, that doesn't happen with the algo and that that will not affect anyone. That's why we are still not yet ready, but we are testing because yeah, it, I think for us to release an algo like that for people, we have to be comfortable enough to trade it ourselves without any like concerns to be able to say like, okay, then someone else can now can use it because we know it's, it's really good now and not just like it's in testing and it may work or it may not work. So like, you know, that, that is the approach we do for everything. We have to have it first proven and it working before we can. <laughs> Yeah, we can release yeah. it to you guys. And two two additional things. So here's a quick insight: if you want to be able to become profitable in trading, find a strategy someone uses and then make it your own. That's the fastest way to do it. If you find someone that someone else does that you know works, then you use that, make it your own, so that it fits your style better, your personality better, 
then you trade that and that's going to be the fastest way to get results. If you go from scratch, it's going to take longer. If you just copy someone else, it's going to, you're not going to follow the plan. You're going to say, well, I don't feel like I should take the trade now on the ticket. Or you will second guess yourself. Not good. So yeah, that's okay. the fastest way to resolve. And the other thing is, like, keep in mind that we're not, like, like there's a lot of companies online or a lot of people online that they release algos every week. Like, you know, goes every week and they, they, they sell them and they release them all the time. Keep in mind, we're not like that. We're not going to kind of release algos every week because we do the, the work required to kind of make sure that they're, they're top notch, they're good, and they work. Like, a lot of people that, that recycle algos, they test them a little bit, not in depth to, so much. They just have like a, like a basic thing, create something, publish online, sell it. That's not the goal. The goal here is to be able to help people and to have people get more freedom. So that's the ultimate vision. If we don't test the algorithm, people won't get freedom, and that sucks. So we need to do the work required, and we want to make sure it's top-notch and that people actually use it and get some, some result and, and yeah, profit with that overall. Yeah, and also one part of the algorithm development process is like if you don't are not sure about your strategy already, then the algorithm development process becomes a trial and error because I have developed yeah. other strategies also. And I have two strategies that are profitable. I only use one right now. But from those two, in order to get those two, I had to test at least five other strategies extensively yeah. and determine that they are shit for me. They don't work for me because even if they are algos, there is still a personality part. Like for example, if you are not able to handle lots of small trades during one day because you want to see your trades or if it takes like three months a trade, you're going to, to overmanage it, even if it's an algo, right? You're going to mess up with the algo. It doesn't work for you that way. Or simply the algo doesn't work that well because of how it is. Uh, the strategy itself behind it may have edge in 2000, 2010, but it doesn't have edge now because the market has changed, right? So all those type of things had to be included. And even in the BBR, we have been testing new things and testing other things that are really small things that sometimes make a huge difference. Uh, for example, uh, one thing that I added to the algo was a trailing stop loss using fractals hmm. that for some pairs, it works beautifully. It helps uh, to increase the return over risk profile and it helps to make everything better. But for other pairs, it is not really that valuable because in other pairs, they need more room to wiggle because sometimes they are more volatile. So that trailing stop, will prevent you to get into the take profits, to the second take profit or things like that. So it's always testing and you have to always check what works better for each one of the things. So it is pretty, pretty interesting. Like all the development, it's always complex. But yeah, I also agree with the yeah. team that you have to have some base, like you have to learn from the masters and you can learn that like having a base, but you have to still make it yourself, uh, make something from yours by yourself in terms of, okay, you know, this works, now let's adapt it to what works for me, my personality, my way of thinking and my way of doing things. Because I have seen many people like going and just copying exactly what the others do. And they may copy it for a couple of weeks or months, and then they will be like, no, nah, I think I, I know better. And they do something completely different. And then they, they just make it all bad. Or they can't mm -hmm. follow it because they don't trust it because it's not theirs or others that are successful now, but it took them five or eight years to develop the system they are trading now because doing it by themselves, they had to try every single thing that it's out there until they found that one thing that worked for them. And without the guidance, they had to literally go one by one, 
check them a couple of months, three months, something like that, one by one, until they actually found what really works for them. So uh, yeah. having a guidance or having someone that or something that you already know it works can shortcut that uh, a lot. You still need to do the work, you still need to do the testing and to personalize it. But knowing that it works, instead of taking you like five to seven years to develop the whole thing, it may take you just a few months to, to get back to the to get into into making your own your own thing that you're going to be able to, to follow. Yeah. So here's something that I kinda of wanna learn from you and I want to hear from you. So how did you learn to, to code algos? Because like first when we met, you didn't code algos at all. When you kind of joined my academy a few years back, you didn't de- you didn't do any coding, I think. So how did that evolve and where did you learn things? Uh, when I joined the academy, I had already done some algos, but not played with the actual code. I had built algos using a builder only at that point. The first algo I built was in 2013 or 2014. And it was using the builder that we have talked about before, which is a free EA builder by FXbook. Uh, you don't have to have an account with them. You don't have to have anything. It's a free one. They just have it on their website. Uh, then I started using that because I have always been a geek. So in school, when I was in high school, people thought I was going to go and study something about programming. I ended up going to finance, so they were all surprised about that. But I always like liked computers and that. And the logical parts of strategies came pretty naturally to me. So I went online and literally just like in Beggy Peeps, I went to the forums in Beggy Peeps and searched some of the, you know, like in the Holy Grail section, which is your like automated algo strategies that they post there. I just went and got a couple of them and I was like, okay, let's see if I can make this and test it in practice. And I started using that software, but I never touched the code. The only thing I touched the code for was copying and pasting it into my, like when I updated something, I just copied the code from the builder and then I pasted it on my MT4 to compile it. That's the only way I, the only reason I touched the code for and nothing else. And then I started modifying things and I started learning more and more. Uh, But every single time I did something like that, it didn't really work. I mean, it worked and it did what it had to do, but it was pretty janky if you say it like that. And then the results were not really that good. So I had been on and off with the algo thing since 2013. Until when I got to know you, I kind of was like, okay, I want to have something more structured for that. And I literally learned by taking those files that I had done in the past and taking the Bollinger Band reversal strategy and coding it again in the software I was using and then going back to the code and seeing the code as the output from that, that builder and starting to read, okay, this plus this. Okay, what if we put everything into here? It looks nicer instead of the way the, the software does it. And then I started using some of the code blocks that I found online. Literally, I learned by Googling everything. Whenever I couldn't do something, I Googled the, that function uh, or the error that I was having. And then there is a huge database of, of people that already have those issues and how to solve. And then things like that. So I started like that. I basically, it's like self-taught by, by will, by sheer will. Like I already knew how to do some things at that point. When I joined the academy, I didn't know how to do much with the code. I only knew how to do two things with the orders that the builder didn't do correctly. That's the only things I knew to do. 
And then after that, uh, because I joined your academy, I think half a year before we started collaborating, more or less. So during that period, uh, with the with the course that we had, the, the mindset course in the academy, it like made me okay. I will shift back again to this, but I will do it properly now, and I will start learning more. So that is when I started to do more and more things. So when I programmed the BBR. What I did was firstly I programmed it with the builder, and then I added integrated the other parts that you had the code for, and then I was trying to make okay now let's try to recreate exactly this, but let's say like by hand, like freehand drawing, right, uh, in the code directly instead of using the builder, and I started learning like that. I started to see okay these functions, those these type of things, this work like this. And then after that, I was still learning because MT4 has some really, really interesting and really strange things in which sometimes uh, the documentation says it should do like this and it should be like that if every single broker can follow the documentation as it should be done. But then you notice that most brokers don't do, like don't report information properly to MT4 as it should be according to the documentation. So you have to do like some like workarounds in order to be able to make sure that you're not going to have errors because of that. Or there are some things that should work in some way, but they don't. And there is no way in the documentation that says that. It's just people saying in the forums that that never works for them. And when they investigate it and inspect the code, like some other more, more like better programmers that have been real time in there, it's like, no, this is not declared as this inside there. It's, it is declared as something else. But the documentation doesn't say it anywhere. And then MT4 has had lots of changes from 2010 to today in the code. So documentation may be from 2012, but the code nowadays doesn't work like that because they change completely the structure. So it is a mess sometimes to look at the thing. So I have, I'm always learning new things and mixing the old with the new method of doing it and that in order to make it work. Because sometimes the old works, sometimes the new works, sometimes none of them work and you have to make your own, <laughs> your own way of doing things. So it is, it is a never ending process, but uh, most of the things that I learned, I learned by searching every single function and every single thing I was doing. The only thing I had like as background from programming was the basic logic that it's used in programming. You know, like the, you know, if you want to print something, you usually use a print function, which is just called print. Uh, if you want to put conditions, you use that Boolean conditions or, or ifs and, and that and inside there. And everything else was just literally finding out the documentation and, and Google how everything works and how it integrates and things. So, I mean, if you have some background in programming, it will be easier because you already know most of the basics, but if you have no background in programming, just you can start learning the basics of logic, programming logic. That, that's the main thing. And then from there, you can go in there, learn into other uh, specifics awesome. of the cool. language. Cool. So basically with this, we've been able to build something that kind of so partly algo and partly manual. So I've always thought that algos provide huge advantage to people, but we have to keep in mind that trading manually also provides some, some advantages. Like you can look at the zones better when you trade manually. So we kind of combine both things and that's just do it same way that I would trade manually with some manual aspect and some aspect that were pretty mechanical. Like you could just like do with your eyes closed pretty much. 
So yeah. that, that's the principle. And, and I think that's the best way to do it for now because you combine the best of both worlds. You could do only algo, but then you, f- you forget the discretionary aspect, which is going to affect your result possibly. You know, unless your style is different. But from my style, I think that combining both is the best way to go for now. So that's what we've been working on. And even yeah, though it's right. more work, it gives you a better advantage to be able to use the zone that you place manually. I will actually say that it may not be more work when you account for everything. And yeah. also, one thing that most people that think of algos don't realize is that in order to make an algo, you don't have to have a system which is 100% mechanical. Yeah. Most people, I think almost everyone that wants to make an algo, they think that everything has to be uh, fully mechanical. Everything has to be uh, mathematical rules and that, and you cannot really make an algo with discretionary aspects, right? And that is something that actually we touched on when we were doing the BBR uh, trading assistant and that, because it was like, uh, I think at first you didn't have any filtering for the support instance areas. And then I told you, I think we can make something to, to mix that and to filter that. Uh, it would not be fully automated because we did try, I tried like for three months looking uh, during this year, first three months of the year were almost, uh, was a lot of time spent using indicators and finding a way to do the transparency area automatically. And that is why I say it may not be the best use of your time to actually program every single thing manually automatically into the algo. Because like, how long do you take to do your support and resistance area for your 15 pairs on your Sunday, on Sundays or Saturdays when you do them? Uh, yeah, if you do it like really quickly with not much change, it's about 20 minutes. If you do it with like a lot of changes yeah. and like a lot of verification and check, maybe like an hour. Yeah, it takes you about that for all the pairs you trade and you yeah. have the consistency of your system and you know how it works. And it took me around three weeks, three whole months, sorry, just testing different indicators that didn't work yeah. or trying to automate that. So if you like, in, there are some points in which the time it will take you to develop that or to translate those things into an algo may be much more time than what you're willing to put into place in that. And I also see an advantage of having to do some part manually because when you are algo trading, there are many people that get complacent and just put the algo and literally go to the pitch and that's all they do yeah, for like three months. Yeah. They, don't look at, they don't even look at it for three months and then they complain that it's not performing because maybe the market condition change or something like that and they need to change, update something, right? But by having this weekly review, which I also do every, every Sunday is my, my working day. Like Sunday is the day I work most for trading because I, I, I do some things for the podcast. Then I do my weekly review for the charts, and then I do my weekly zone, zone review. So it's the day in which I check all the charts. Yeah. But that forces you to check your VPS, see if everything is running properly. So like you don't have like the VPS crash and you didn't know. Then that forces you also to check that the zones and the places you are taking the trades are relevant. And it gets you in the mind because next time you check your charts to evaluate the things, you are like, okay, I like this pair, but I don't like much how it is moving right now. So if there is a trade in that one, I may want to cancel it manually, right? Like other type of discretionary things that you may do to improve the overall outcome. So by doing that analysis and that weekly review, it keeps you on your toes and it keeps you on the, you have to do the work even if you have an algo because if you don't do anything, you're going to get bad performance even with a good algo. I mean, if you don't want to do anything and you want to get money, then better get a good manager to manage your money. Don't get an algo because if you get an algo 
and you do nothing with it, just let it run without blindly, then the most likely scenario is you're going to get bad performance, even if the algo is good, uh, because it just, it's just how trading works. You still need to do the work. You still need to do things in order to, to get the things uh, going. So yeah, the mm -hmm. way we actually programmed that was uh, using lines in MT4, like using the chart objects that you already draw, for example, for support and resistance areas, all of you probably have seen in the weekly reviews that the TN in his trading view uses boxes for the support and resistance areas because they are areas. So it is a space between two lines. Basically, that's what they are. <laughs> but that's what they are. So we translated that into, okay, that's literally what they are. Let's do that in MT4 and let's make the algo read those. And then uh, we have our zones. So it is relatively easy sometimes to do those things. But while that now I can do like those type of filters for a client in less than one hour and filter the, the strategies like that in less than one hour, uh, it would still maybe take me probably a few months to try to find an indicator or some way to automate fully that. So like, even if you think in cost, like you're probably paying a programmer for one hour of, uh, of programming versus three months full-time uh, job of trying to find an indicator to do the same, uh, you may not want to pay the programmer three months of the full time just to see if something works uh, when you know that you can just get it all done in one hour with the hybrid methodology, right? So, well, if you have lots of money and you're a hedge fund, then you're happy to do that. Probably it will be better for you <laughs> if you do it like that. But for most retail traders or even mid-sized traders, it's not worth the investment in time and money to do fully automated in some things. And I think that there is a place for both. For fully automation, there is a place. And for hybrid automation, there is a place. And yeah. as we saw in the interview with Mike Bellafiore, in his pro firm, they are doing mostly hybrid automation instead of fully automated strategy. Like they don't really have algos trading by themselves. They have traders trading together with algos into that. So that was also the idea, taking what they're doing in top pro firms in the world and taking that to the level of, of us uh, retail traders with alerts, notification tools, and hybrid trading uh, systems. That, that's why we, we created all these type of hybrid methodologies. Exactly. It's awesome. So let's kind of pull out the result. And I want to pull the portfolio result if you guys want to kind of see how that works and everything. Uh, basically, we've combined, so we've combined training on different pairs, different time frames to get a better overview, because like, it's good to look at one pair and stuff and you see the result, but it's not as good as looking at like a portfolio uh, way to do things, so. Yeah, exactly. So this is a portfolio backtest from 2010 to 2019, uh, end of the June. So basically we did, what I did here was I programmed my support instance areas for each one of these. I am using slightly different settings for each pair because each pair has different volatility, each pair has different type of filters that we use. For example, for the Japanese yen, we are allowing two trades to go together, while the Euro USD has less strong moves than the yen or than the Australian dollar. So the targets are a bit smaller. So they are all using slightly different settings. But the whole thing is that uh, usually when you do a backtest in MT4, you only have one single pair. That's all you can see. Let me open uh, one backtest from one single pair so you can see. 
so this is like just one back of results. So usually you have it like this from NT4. So you only see one thing alone. And that's all you can see, right? So what I did was here, use a methodology, all of the backtests are done with high quality tick data using tick data suite and simulation slippage and a bit extra commission that might be a commission from a broker, but it's just to try to make it the most realistic possible. So with this, what I have is, this would be if you didn't compound, let's say if you take each trade, in this case, it is a $100,000 account, just because it is easier for me to calculate things with that. And if you take each trade, it's $1,000 risk. So if it's if each trade, if you lose a trade, it will be a $1,000 loss uh, for all sold period. So it is non-compounding. And you can see here a pretty nice equity curve. You see the individual one uh, for the Euro USD. You can see that it has some ups and downs and some bigger, bigger downs and some ups and downs and that. The ones you join the whole portfolio, in this case, Euro USD plus USD Japanese Yen. USD CAT, UEP USD, and Aussie USD. Uh, this is from the VPR strategy. Then you have a much more stable uh, strategy in which basically every single year is profitable. While if you only have the Euro USD, you will have some years in which you will have a loss or be flat. So by adding all together, you get the benefits of diversification between different pairs. And then you also get improved stats. So this is like what I do for my own analysis. This is actually the, the strategies, the pairs I am trading on my own BPS right now. Currently in a Japanese yen trade. So this is all the things that you get. So like directly from that. So if you want to do this type of backtest, you can even do it with the script that we have for backtesting, but you will have to do it one by one, then join it. We can later share some of the tools that I use to do this. There are some free tools. And then what I took from this, because this is non-compounding, and we, in reality, Etienne and, and I, we use 1% risk uh, per trade, or 1% of the account balance or account equity uh, per trade instead of uh, fixed money risk, right? So what I did was, okay, this is with fixed money. Now I have a, here a, a spreadsheet in the side in which I compound it. So if you compound it, you can see that the, the curves are pretty similar. But compounding makes it a lot more parabolic. And I also have other stats here. And compounding it, you can see that like the win rate is about 50%. You can check it, we'll check it with here. Win rate is 50.06. Okay, so it is the same. So it is like it's the same the same stats. I just copied them uh, literally before we started this. I put them in this in my sheet. And what you can see is like the KGAR, which is basically the compounded annual growth rate. It's around 21% per year you can expect from uh, profits uh, on this, uh, with a maximum drawdown of around 11.6%. Uh, that is not much risk, and you are getting basically double the, the profit in that. And this is only one, two, three, four, five pairs. So now Etienne's equity curve uh, from his testing and from his own trading, in which he's trading around 15 pairs, will probably be a lot more steeper than this and will have a better reward to risk uh, performance here in terms of maximum drawdown versus reward because of the simple uh, thing that you are having more pairs so these equity curves gets even smoother and then gets uh, even better. And then like this is like the results of of the strategy right now we have this 
uh, we were going to have more and more as I continue testing. It just takes time. It takes me about almost one week to test each pair and optimize it and all those things to make sure that everything is 100% good. So these are the results. This is non-compounding. Uh, this is compounding. Like in compounding here, you can see I have here, for example, it has a monthly Sharpie ratio, uh, the 21% KGAR. And you can see like most months are good and some of the bad months are not that bad. Uh, here I have 62% of the months are positive months. And then we have average positive month is 3.7% profit. And this is with relatively low risk. I mean, 11 to 15% risk. It is not that much, not that bad. Like investors are pretty happy with that uh, type of risk. And recently, one of our students was testing his own version of the Bollinger Band reversal. He has, I think, 12 pairs in that. And his stats are much, much better than this uh, with both pairs. Because as I said, things smooth out over time and they get better. They get a better total return over risk. So like, this is the value of compounding. And this is also something that, that you can do. It takes a bit more extra work, uh, but you can do it. And you can see like, these are the results. Uh, if anyone has any questions about like the things or your strategy or that or any other thing, please let us know in the, the chat. I will stop the sharing now so that we can continue. Yeah. Well, the thing you just made me think about is the fact that I have a work of kind of optimizing a little bit more for every pair to do and kind of sticking the strategy for every pair because that's, that's not something I do now. I didn't do this before, but it could be a good option to even just put out the return more for my part. So I'm still learning here, which is awesome. Yeah, there is also a fine line between optimizing the things properly and over-optimizing and course. making a pretty good backtest, like it looks beautiful. And then once you start trading, it just all goes to downhill, right? So like, uh, well, from I also have learned a lot from the interviews we have had with algo traders in the past year. Like I think this year we have had more, more algo traders interviews than, uh, than ever before in this hard to trade uh, podcast itself. So I learned a lot of those, uh, and I have been trying to integrate some of those things into my own testing and into my own uh, process and all those things. So it is uh, pretty, pretty, it's always good to continue like developing in that. It's, it's always pretty interesting. Yeah, of course. But yes, definitely the part of testing uh, different settings for each pair with care, like within reason and with a good validation, it's always good because uh, you all know that not all the pairs are the same. Like uh, Swiss franc pairs move completely different to gen pairs than to US dollar, sorry, yeah, to USD pairs or Singapore dollar pairs. Uh, some of them will be better for some things or it will be hey, more volatile, less volatile. So that uh, like having slightly different settings would be a reasonable and, and pretty good thing to do. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So I think we'll finish it up here for now, but I appreciate you guys for being here once again. If you need any help on, on that, if you want to have some assistance or some helpful coding, or if you want to learn more about the training assistant we have, reach out to Ariano or I will be happy to help out and to answer, answer your question mm -hmm. and, and help you out along the way. And we'll catch you back here for the next video, I guess. Ciao. Ciao.